Welcome to the Charger Online Podcast, brought to you by Huffman Certified Organics in Huntertown, the only USDA certified organic poultry farm in Indiana. I'm your host, Nori Wagner. And I'm here with Nori. I am Mr. Beckley, and I'd like to welcome you back to the podcast. We haven't done one since uh, possibly August, maybe September, but I know Nori was interested in doing a podcast, and I think that's... um, I love doing these podcasts, but I, yeah, we haven't had a chance to do it this year because we haven't had a whole lot of time to do it. So why did you want to do the podcast so much? Okay, well, I just, I, um, I'm trying to throw myself into the deep end with, like, (laughs) in the world of writing and stuff like that, and I figured, why not try something new? Okay, that's a good idea. Do you, do you listen to podcasts, or do you have any that you listen to? Not specifically, no. No? Yeah. Okay, well, let me recommend a few of mine. I love Dan Carlin's uh, Hardcore History, but that's like super duper long. Like, he did, I don't know, 20 some hours on World War One, And now he's, in the one that he's doing currently, when I say currently, it's like one, one episode every like six to eight months. So he's doing uh, the Japanese, um, or the Eastern Theater, the Pacific Theater in World War Two, and we're at about 20 hours on that, and there's still one, at least one more episode to go. So that's a really long, long, long thing to do. Uh, for a shorter one, Malcolm Gladwell, his revisionist history, I always thought is really good. But, um, okay, so you're th- so what else are you throwing yourself into? Okay, so um, I started, like, my first ever job because I'm not in show choir this year, mm-hmm. which I've been doing for the past four years, and it's taken over my life. So, yeah, I'm turned myself into a job. And the whole reason why I've come to the newspaper is because I'm a really sucky writer. <laughs> so I figured, why not try to get better at that? You're not a sucky writer. You're not, okay? Um just as your English teacher and as your journalism newspaper advisor, you're not a bad writer, okay? I know you just rolled your eyes, and I know everybody can't see that on the on the podcast, but she totally rolled her eyes at me. Um, and that's one of the toughest things to do because you're always your worst critic, especially when it comes to writing. I'm my own worst critic, um, but I still do like my writing. So that that's always going to be tough, and you're always going to have... You know, it, it always hurts when somebody edits your paper and marks up it, and you're like, oh, no, it's mine. I love it. Why are you destroying my love? You know, that type of thing. And that's a hard one to get over. Um, talk talk me through that, because I know on your first article, that was rough, because I, you know, kind of, you know, and I think a lot of it's stemming from that. It's like, oh, gosh, I'm so sorry. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so my first article I wrote, I didn't, I was very, I was struggling a lot with like how to format everything. And so I didn't understand. I interviewed some people. It was about um, sh- um, choir and what they're doing differently because of COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Mr. Beckley came up in class one day, sat down next to me and says, okay, so we need to talk about this. This right here, this right here, and this right here. He basically gestured to the entire article and said, we need to reformat this, so here's how we're going to do it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And I remember, hey, all you need to do right now is just get notes. Don't start writing the story. I remember saying that. 
was like, oh, shoot, because I was going to sit down with you. And, you know, one of the processes that I go through, um, especially with writers that I know don't have any experience when it comes to writing for a newspaper or writing for publication, is I will sit down with the writer and write the and write it with them. I will go with their notes. The next time, I will sit next to the writer as they're writing it from their notes and kind of go through the whole process of it. And it, and it's my process, but it's a it's a very similar process that a lot of other writers um, have used when it comes to writing for newspaper. Because once you master that lead quote transition format all the rest of your stories and your writing gets a whole lot, it, it becomes a whole lot easier, at least from my experience. How about yours? Well, it hasn't gotten any easier. And the, <laughs> and the hardest thing about it is basically coming up with the ideas mm -hmm. and who to interview about it because I'm a very unoriginal person. <laughs> yeah, so basically I'll look at ideas of what other people have written out and be like, oh, how can I put my fun twist on it? Well, that, and that's exactly what, yeah, that's exactly what uh, I would recommend doing uh, for coming up with a writer. Steal as many ideas as possible. I look at the most successful franchise, you know, on the planet, the Star Wars franchise, or one of the most successful. I don't know, Marvel maybe, may, may have overcome it, but I look at the stories from Star Wars and I realize that, uh, I started doing, you know, just following it and realizing that George Lucas had borrowed a lot of his ideas from Japanese movies, uh, samurai films, and I know you're an anime that you like anime and you you know and you like uh, Japanese culture very much. Yeah. Um, but he he stole a ton of stuff from uh, and and I say stole because that's the best way to put it. And I respect people who steal well. But he stole the plot of Star Wars from Hidden Fortress by Kurosawa. And I think Mrs. Simba. I know Mrs. Simba knows who Kurosawa is because I stopped by and talked to her about. Uh, she had a poster for uh, Seven Samurai outside which is like one of the classic classic uh movies in any culture whatsoever it's been made here as the magnificent seven twice it's a bug's life yeah the same story of magnificent seven is the same story in a bug's life and there's one from 30 years ago called battle beyond the stars that's essentially magnificent seven the village getting damaged by bad guys the village sends out a couple people to get someone to help save them. Sometimes they get samurai. Sometimes they get gunfighters. Sometimes they get people pretending to be, or bugs pretending to be something that they're not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or they get other aliens that need to come together to fight the evil bad guy alien. So it shows up time and time again. That's one thing I like about it. So you said you had a job. Yes. Where are you working? I work at Dunkin' Donuts on Coldwater Road. Mm-hmm. I've been working there since, like, November-ish. Okay. Because I figured after I turned 17 in September, that would be a really good selling point for people wanting to hire me. Okay. Because you had no experience. Well, what sort of experience did you have before Dunkin' Donuts? I'm assuming you had, like, maybe babysitting experience or anything like that? I had a job that did not last a while. It was Culver's on Washington mm -hmm. Center Road. It was not my best performance oh. <laughs> for a job. Yeah. Um, yeah. So at Duncan, basically, I'm a night shift person. Mm -hmm. So I'm working with either one or two other girls, and we're just making the drinks and selling them and all that fun stuff, and then packing up. Okay. Do you like it? 
Do you like the people? I love the people I work with. They're amazing and wonderful. Yeah, they're also very funny because whenever we have downtime, which is very little, mm-hmm. we're always talking and conversing and joking around. Good. Yeah, that's usually one of the best things about a job is the people that you get to work with. I mean, I, I love the kids that I work with here. The adults that I work with here are wonderful, too. I mean, that that's just I feel those bonds are just absolutely incredibly good. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Um, I know this is hard because usually you're on the other end where you interview somebody, but now you're getting interviewed. We can turn the tables if you want and you can start asking me questions if you'd like, but we've already, I've already done a podcast like that, but I know you have questions. Well, what do you want to know about me? What do I want to know about you? Well, I know a lot of things about you already because I had you in class last year. Um, I think what what's a day in the life of a student during COVID like? I think that's a question that I don't think I'm the only one that would have that. Okay. So I'm not the normal. Last year when we switched, I wasn't the normal person. I wasn't wake up five minutes before I have to go and then just go. Me, I would wake up like two hours because I like my chill time in the morning. So I'd wake up at like six and then eat breakfast, all that fun stuff. Mm -hmm. And then at 8.35, I'd be like, I don't want to get on. Okay, fine. (laughs) And I'd flip open the laptop and I get logged on. What, when you said I didn't, you know, uh, it's 8.35, I don't want to get on. Why do you think that was so hard? And and I, I I experienced the same thing too. It's just starting off that day on the on the computer, it, it felt. It, I mean, I I'm doing it right now. I have a class. My I have a zero hour class that I meet at eight. You know, at eight thirty five. Yeah, it just it feels wrong. It's like I should. This is not right. I should not have to get on my laptop and be in class. I should be in class and learning from actual people. And I'm making a lot of hand gestures right now. <laughs> yeah, and th- those don't don't those don't play well over the podcast. But I- if it helps you talk, I'm all for them. Like, okay, can you tell me about your last roller coaster ride and try to do that without hands? Yeah, that'd be difficult. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you you're a morning person. You like to get up a couple hours early to uh, you know just to kind of get mentally prepared for a school day, which that makes sense to me. Yeah. What's the rest of the day like? The rest of the day. So after classes, I'll eat lunch and then I'll basically just chill on the couch and do nothing. Or like I'll clean my room or I'll do laundry or stuff like that. Okay. Well, how about now that you're going to school? Um, we're, we're doing the masks. We have, you know, hour and a half classes that are odd days, then even days, odd days, then even days. I really like the schedule because my odd days, I have D lunch in no seventh period, so I can just leave Oh. as soon as all my classes are done. And I go home. I typically will eat lunch with my family, which is amazing, and I love that so much. Mm-hmm. And I'll chat with my sister or my dad, and then I'll go to work at around four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And on my even days, I just leave from school to work till okay. about seven. Okay. Maybe a lot later. Oh, so you, so that four to seven shift is still a th- good. Yeah. I was wondering about that because I know I worked that one in one my at my first job. 
you know, that four to seven shift is like, oh, cool, three hours, all right. Yeah, but you're closing at seven, so you're basically there till eight. <laughs> oh, the store closes at seven? Yeah. Oh, okay. I guess Dunkin' Donuts would not need to be open. Well, it seems like they'd be doing, they'd probably do some good donut business late at night, though. I could see someone like going, oh, I just need a donut at 10 o'clock. Well, <laughs> typically around um, 6.30, we almost, like, stop getting customers. Okay. But, like, the Dunkin' Donuts Baskin Robbins location, they are open till 8. Okay. Because they sell ice cream. Ice cream does seem a bit more of a an evening type thing. But I don't know. I mean, could you have it for, rec- for breakfast? And then donuts for, di- donuts for dessert, ice cream for breakfast. Sounds delicious. I think we should try to make that happen. <laughs> I would like to do that. I don't work at Dunkin', so I'm going to have to rely on you to do that, though. Will do. <laughs> okay. Um, so what other things are you interested in? Um, okay. So I don't like reading. I don't like reading. But I, if someone recommends a book to me based on what I like, I'll be mm-hmm. like, okay, sure, fine, I'll read it. And does that usually turn out well? Oh, it always turns out well. Oh, okay. Yeah, see, when someone says they don't like reading, I always think, uh, you just haven't found the right book. Because I think we, I, I love stories. A good story, I think, is incredibly powerful. And, you know, telling good stories or hearing good stories, that when I hear someone who can do that, you know, verbal storytelling... Yeah. Um, there's a woman uh, who works at the Allen County Library named Condra Ridley, and she's a storyteller. And well, I don't know if she's still there, but I know I've seen her tell stories, and it's incredibly moving and powerful. And she brings you in, everybody into the story. So I feel like there's like a universal power that stories have that can really make people relate and understand each other. Well, that's why I like so much. Um TV and stuff because I I like to be able to visually see stuff instead of just imagining it in my head. Mm-hmm. But I know it's probably an unpopular opinion. Oh, I, I would disagree. I would say, hey, what are you watching on Netflix right now? Because that's you know, I, I love giving, I love getting recommendations. I love giving recommendations. Like, I've been telling everybody to watch something this week. I was telling them, uh, Oh yeah, all this week I've been saying, "Hey, everybody, watch this." I've I've shown it to my students. I've like not the whole thing, but just like the trailer to go, "Hey, check this out." Do you have anything right now that you're going gaga over? WandaVision. WandaVision? My whole family, we make a night out of it. Friday nights when it airs to watch WandaVision. Do you just watch that episode? We watch that episode or sometimes we we'll watch the few episodes before. Okay. And get to it. Yeah. Okay, cuz my friend um, his son came up with an idea, um, and it was during Mandalorian. So the way we would, the way to watch Mandalorian is watch last week's episode, mm-hmm. and then watch this week's episode. You know, just all in one sitting, so you can kind of get everything that was going on. You don't just get the like thirty second recap. You get everything that happened last week. And I'm doing the same thing with Wandavision as well. Yeah. So what do you think? Well, before we talk about Wandavision. Would you like to uh, go ahead and read the mid-roll? Today, the Charger Online podcast is brought to you by our official sponsors, Hoffman Surgical... Oh my God, sorry. 
Certified Organics. Hoffman Organics is a local USDA certified organic specialization specializing in 100% organic chicken. Since the start of the farm back in 2015, the farm focused on pure organic chicken and turkey. They strive to produce the highest quality and ethically raised organic products available on the market. Their chickens live on clean, fresh grass, eating only organically raised grain, pasture raised, and cover crops. You can visit our sponsor on the website at www.hoffmanorganics.com. We're, oh my god, where you can find the purpose of their farm and also how they raise their chickens. Also, you can follow them on Facebook by the same name. You can find updates on the farm, seasonal details. Thank you again, Hoffman Organics, for sponsoring the Charger Online Podcast. I am so sorry about how I read that. <laughs> no, I think you did fine. I think you did fine. I've actually had uh, some of their uh, some of their uh, organic uh, chicken. Um, some of the bratwurst, I think, are really good. So I really like them. And I think um, Natalie Hoffman, um, she's also she works in transportation for Northwest Allen. So it's also helping out one of the Northwest Allen County Community Schools family. So that's always pretty good. So tell me, what are your thoughts on WandaVision? What in the world is going on? Okay, so WandaVision. I love it so much. My family, we like to psychoanalyze everything. So right now we think that this is all part of Wanda's trauma and how she's expressing her loneliness. And I'm not going to give any spoilers, (laughs) but it's really good. And I love how they're doing like... The old TV shows mm-hmm. and stuff. Why like do you that. think they're doing that? Why? Because that was one of the things on the whiteboard. I'm not giving out any sort of you know spoilers or anything like that. But there's a whiteboard, and they're trying to analyze what they're seeing. So why do you think we're going with 1950s bewitch style sitcoms? Okay, I think it's because it's about Wanda. She's like, I want to go back to a time where everything is simpler, everything is easier, where I feel comfortable. Okay. Okay, yeah, and that and and just like the shows in the 1950s, it's unreal. Yeah. You know, there was a like um the thing that I always look at is on I Love Lucy, uh her and Ricky had twin beds. It's like, wait, married people don't sleep in twin beds and how'd she get pregnant? I mean, I've gone to health class. I know how those things work. So, it it it, it you know, it also had this unreality that was there. Do you think that yeah. might be a bit of um, a bit of the lure uh, for for uh, Wanda? Oh yeah, yeah. She's yeah. She's the kind of person where it's like she wants to feel safe and comfortable. And what makes her safe and comfortable is being unreal, being implausible, being okay. like magic. Okay. And now this thing is entering into my head. Well, if she grew up in Sokovia, which I don't know if that's still canon right now, how did she see these shows? Ah, I can tell you never had that question. (laughs) That's a good question. Yeah, I know. I I was kind of wondering that. I'm, I'm sure they have an explanation. Yeah, because she does have the accent still. Yes. But it's not as thick. Nowhere near as thick. Um... Is Vision? What about Vision? He's dead. Vision's dead. Well, nobody's really dead in the Marvel universe. 
nobody's ever dead. Look at how many times Loki is returned from the grave. True. I mean, I mean, how many times can you stab that guy and he'll come back? Well, a lot. <laughs> well, yeah. Vision, Vision should be dead, but I'm glad that he's not. Well, yeah, I, I really like him. I do too. I like the actor that's played him. I've seen him in quite a few things going back quite a few years. I'm going, oh, this is so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think of uh, Monica Rambeau? What's her deal? Um, can you write me on who that is? I'm sorry. Um, that is uh, Monica Rambeau is the FBI agent that yeah. got blipped back in. Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay. I love her. I love how she's um, trying to help Wanda, but I hate how they're all just, like, interfering. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I love her reaction when she's, like, starting to realize things. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. Okay. It, we're also trying to avoid spoilers here, so we don't want to give out too much. Um, I'm trying to, let's see, we got Vision, we got Wanda. What about the rest of the people in the town? I mean, we've got a little bit of explanation, like the beekeeper was explained, and that makes a little bit more sense, and the helicopter that she found is making a little bit more sense now. What about, I mean, the neighbors, the, the Maximoff neighbors, or I don't know, Vision doesn't seem to have a last name, so I'm assuming they're both Maximoffs. Yes. Um, what do you think they're doing there? I don't want to give out any spoilers but i love the, i love the neighbors i love how they're so like old-timey they show up with exactly what they need at the exact moment they need it just like in a sitcom yeah exactly like in a sitcom where all of a sudden magical things happen and all of a sudden everything works out good in the end. oh maybe it's that because one thing about you know the old sitcoms is that whatever problem happened at the start of the episode would always be solved like 25 minutes later Maybe she's trying to solve a problem. Or maybe she's trying to... Yeah. Maybe she is trying to solve a problem. The problem of her loneliness. Because, I mean, her brother died. Mm -hmm. Vision died. Everyone around her is gone. Mm -hmm. It's got to be traumatic. Yeah. Yeah, and filling in those gaps with people from her own psyche, I think, would definitely do that. Um, tonight at midnight, there's a new episode coming out. Any predictions? I don't know, but I'm excited. <laughs> I am too. I, I, I'm, I'm not going to stay up till midnight to watch it, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to be watching it tomorrow when I get home from school. Most definitely going to be watching that. Do you have anything more to add? On WandaVision? Not that I can. Okay. Do you have anything more to add outside of WandaVision? Um, I don't know. Okay. Uh, again, what do you want to know? What do I want to know? Oh, I, oh, I'm curious. I want to. I always want to know everything about everyone. That's kind of like the nature of the job. I'm curious. I've always been curious just about things, how they work, people how they work, why they work, why do they do what they do, what's the motivation behind certain things. So that's always been that's always been the lure of journalism for me is I want to, there's something that I can't put my finger on why it's doing what it's doing, 
but I'm fascinated and I want to know more. So yeah. I find students fascinating. I always want to know more about who they are. I mean, I don't want creepy, weird, bizarre details or anything like that, but what makes you tick? I mean, WandaVision makes you tick. WandaVision makes you, I mean, you lit up as soon as, you know, we're talking Marvel. It's like, oh, yeah, cool. I like that. Yeah. Um, I I really like um, the stories and stuff like, um, oh, my God. Like, I love a good story, like, mm-hmm. WandaVision, that has good with, like, all the plot details and fun lines, stuff like that. And that's also my draw to, like, anime and stuff like that, is, like, their storylines are mm-hmm. either really, really good or really bleh. Fair enough. Yeah, I'm, I, I saw something called Attack on Titan or Attack of Titan. Attack on Titan, yes. Yeah, um, I'm disturbed. By the giant people eating the little people. You get past it. I don't know if I can because I'm looking at these battles going, these aren't battles. This isn't even fair. Why do they keep doing this thing if it doesn't work? Because it doesn't seem, you know, their tactics don't seem to work against the giant little people eating things. Whatever they're called. I'm like six episodes in, and all these, t- all they're doing right now is losing, and I'm afraid to watch another one because it's so depressing. It gets better. Okay. It gets better. Okay, because I haven't seen a big fight. I- I'm waiting for the comeback. It's like, okay, you're- they're teasing me with a comeback, and I don't see one yet. You get to understand more of the story and why everything's happening the later you get into it. That's also another thing. Oh, they explain that the I- giants. That I like about the storyline. Oh, yeah, they explain everything. <laughs> Good, because, yeah, I don't know how we got giant cannibal people. Yeah. Giant neutered cannibal people. Titans. Giant naked neutered cannibal people. Yeah, they look like Ken dolls, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. It's on Hulu right now. I would recommend watching it. It gets better. Okay. I'm, I'm currently watching the fourth season. Okay. Yeah, because... All of my friends and the people, even someone from my dad's work has asked me if I've watched Attack on Titan <laughs> season four. Oops, sorry about that. Oh, that's okay. It's just the microphone thing. Yes. <laughs> that's the only anime that I've watched in, you know, in quite a few years. I think I saw the first or the original Akiru movie, but that was like probably back in the 90s. It's been that long since I've seen that movie or Akira. Yeah, I don't Akira, know what you're talking yeah. about. It's it was it was the first big anime film that had an appeal outside, you know, huge anime fans that it, that it had a bit more of a broad appeal to it. Yeah. yeah. They've parodied it on South Park and other shows where, you know, great big Akira at the end, or Akira at the end. And and I'm not doing it justice. And there are people who might be listening to this that are going, hey, don't badmouth Akira. And I'm not badmouthing Akira. I, I'm just going on a 30-year-old memory. Yeah. I love 90s anime so much. <laughs> like Cowboy Bebop, okay. one of my favorites. I also love Kenshin, but the fight scenes could be better. Okay. Yeah. I started watching like 90s anime because of my dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like he would put Kenshin on and I would be in just sitting in front of the TV like and like dancing around. Mm-hmm. I'm not familiar with that one, so I might have to check it out. Is it on Hulu? 
I think it's on Netflix. On Netflix? Okay, I have Netflix. So that would be, yeah, that would be something worth watching. Outside of anime, is there anything else that you're interested in at the moment? Anime, WandaVision, what else? Okay, well, um, gotta think about that for a second. Okay. <laughs> so, I've been rereading the Percy Jackson series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just finished the um, the last book in the Heroes of Olympus series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, the Greek mythology is always going to hold, you know, a certain power over people just because it's so rich and it's so fascinating. And the stories are so cool. And they're universal, too. I yeah. find them quite universal where they can, you know, there's a lot of different things going on there. Yeah. Yeah, I love... I love that um I love that it takes stuff from back in like ancient Greek times and mm-hmm. transforms it into something that can be honestly relatable to any teen who's mm-hmm. going through like the same things or well different things but like similar. Yeah. Yeah, I I think, you know, I don't necessarily like the phrase history repeats itself. I like the the other one. There's another one that's very similar to that. History doesn't repeat. History may not repeat itself, but it definitely rhymes. Like okay, that's interesting. I can I can get behind that one because it's not exactly the same thing. Like the fall of Rome is gonna is not gonna be the same. You know, fall of Rome versus you know fall of Soviet Union. They're obviously they're nowhere near the same things, but there, there's enough similarities to go. Hmm, great big empires. You know, that's what I'm thinking about where when it comes to rhyming. Yeah. It's not exactly the same, but there are a whole lot of similarities between events in history. Yeah. What for your future? What are you thinking for in your future? Okay. Well, in my future, I plan to go to college and get a Julius doctrine, which mm-hmm. basically means I'll be able to be an attorney. Okay. Yeah. Why an attorney? Because I... Okay. Well, I feel that it's a good way to, A, make a lot of money, and (laughs) B, I think I could help some people. Okay. And yeah. Okay. I can can live with that. Yeah. I mean, helping people, I think that's incredibly rewarding. It's incredibly rewarding. I mean, the money is good. You know, so I, I don't know how much... Uh, well, I know how much... I have a buddy who's a lawyer. I don't know how much he makes, but I know I can see the size of his houses and all of that. I'm going, okay, he must make... I know he makes a whole lot more than I do. So that's uh, pretty easy to tell. <laughs> yeah. It's very easy to tell when he's driving an Escalade, you know, and all that. I don't think he yeah. has one of those right now. I think he's got a Range Rover. And if he hears this, he knows I'm talking about him. So how you doing, my friend? <laughs> I won't even mention his name right now. So what else do you have in your future? You want to go to any particular college that you're looking at right now? Because you'll be a senior next year. Yeah. So I'm thinking about going to Purdue Fort Wayne for my first four years Mm -hmm. and then going to IU Bloomington. Okay. And hopefully getting in their law school and Mm -hmm. doing that for three years and then taking the bar exam. Okay. Yeah, IU Law, that's where my friend went who uh, worked at a – he's a partner at a firm downtown. Um yeah, that's a great law school. It's a great, great law school. 
Does anyone else? I mean, Notre Dame has a really good one as well. I'm just thinking of other in-state universities. Are you thinking yeah. in-state, or would you like to go? I'm thinking in-state because I don't think I'll have enough money to go out of state. Mm. Understandably so. Understandably yeah. so. But by that time, you might have, you know, like a, a really cool scholarship to go on to law school. Hopefully. I'm sure they've got some of those. I want to say thank you for doing this interview. I do appreciate that. Um, yeah. I, I feel like I got to know you a little bit better, which yeah. is always cool. I like getting to know my students, and it's been more difficult this year with the masks and, you know, just not just feeling almost like a – I don't want to say a distance, but I feel like there's almost a barrier Definitely. between teachers and students this year that I'd never noticed in the past if it was there, but I'm noticing it more this year. Yeah, you miss so much. Because it's like 70% of your face. Yeah. I don't know what people look like anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I'm forgetting. It's like, wait a minute. I knew what you looked like last year. Oh, my gosh. I'm forgetting all those things. I am. Yeah. But hopefully next year, you know, we'll have, you know, a better situation. I would love to have a better situation. Always would love to have a better situation. (laughs) Yes. All right. Well, fantastic. I have really enjoyed talking with you. I, I hope everyone yeah. out there who listens um, feels like they got to know Nori a bit better because she's a wonderful student. Um, enjoy having her around. She's just a, a breath of fresh air and a really good person to get to know. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you for listening. Please visit our sponsor, Huffman Certified Organics at Fort Wayne Farmers Market, Market or Shop in Leota Meats. Tell them you heard the podcast. This has been Nori Wagner and this is Noel Beckley. And we're the Charger Online Podcast. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>